Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. First time or you've been here a few times or, you know, you're looking for a local church. Welcome. We pray that you choose us as your church home. No pressure, but everybody needs a place where they can grow. Everybody does. Before I get into the word today, um, just want to let you know, I figure I'd start here. We're going to be needing some more help with worship. So if you play an instrument, you've got to, you know, you got to have some some talent. All right. I'm not going to go get up there and try to play an instrument. So if you play an instrument, um, I'm not looking for a flute player as of yet. So flute, a man, praise God, you can worship God with that, and we may have need for you sometime. But uh, I, I just got to figure out how we can make that more um, contemporary, maybe. But um, if you play guitar, bass, keyboard, please get with uh, Ms. B. Uh, Beatrice, she led worship today. Raise your hand, Mika. Get with Ms. B after church or on Wednesday or whenever, but be thinking about that, praying about that. We always need help and we're always looking for more help we're going to have some changes in the worship again and uh, so we're going to need some more help with that I have a few of them that you know play multiple instruments but we still need help so be thinking about that praying about that we would love to have you as part of the team they will be tryouts all right so all right wow so stressful I say this church can I just get up there nope you got to know how to play sorry we don't just put people up here that are it's their first time preaching on a Sunday morning Sorry, you don't get to try out your first time preaching on a Sunday morning, right? You just don't, all right? I had to preach years before I was given a, uh, a Sunday morning. It took a while. I don't remember how long, but it took a while, a few years at least. So today I want to get into the series Preparing the Way. Someone say Preparing the Way. Good, glad you're right with me. Say Preparing the Way. Now remember, if you know Scripture... Scripture says, for example, that God prepared the way for himself in the form of his son, and he had one crying out, one crying out in the wilderness. That was John the Baptist. Scripture says he prepared the way for Jesus, right? The prophets of the Old Testament, you can look and find Jesus, references to the Messiah, references to God's plan all throughout the Old Testament, every book. It was preparing the way for Jesus, all right? Well, now when Jesus came, he prepared the way for the Holy Spirit. Right. Scripture says he sent the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to send you another counselor, an advocate. He said, it's good that I go because I'm going to send you the the counselor, the advocate, someone who's going to comfort you, the great comforter. And the good thing about the Holy Spirit is he can be everywhere at once. Jesus in his physical form could not be everywhere at once. So Jesus prepared the way for the Holy Spirit. He also prepared the way for us. And today, interestingly enough, of course, I remembered on and off all week that it's Child Dedication Sunday. But when God laid this message on my heart, I was not thinking of Child Dedication Sunday. And it's powerful how parents can take the example of Jesus and prepare the way for their kids. Kids don't just turn out good by accident. I'm going to tell you today. I should have put this in one of my points, but I'm talking about Jesus as well, and I don't think he handed out spankings except for that day in the temple when he cast people out of the temple. Heard people say, well, I don't, I don't spank my kids. I understand maybe you came from abuse or maybe that's just not your style or, um, you know, according to Scripture, I get you might just know more than God. Because Scripture says train up a child in the way sh they should go. When they're older, they won't depart. It also, also says you got to use, use a little stick for discipline sometimes. I don't even necessarily mean a stick. People use different things. 
say, well, it teaches my kids to hit. No, it teaches them to shut up and sit down. <laughs> Those of you showing up on a Sunday said, man, I may not come back. Well, here's your chance to hear the word of God. I don't always do this. I just feel led by the spirit. I got a lot of spankings. Had I not, I would be in prison. You thought I was just getting after you, huh? I'm getting after me. I'm naturally wild. I'm naturally a rebel. I naturally thought, uh, if we can fudge a little bit with uh, this here, maybe we can get away with more. You give me an inch, I'd take a mile. One of those guys. But I had parents going, where were you? What time did you get back? Were you goofing off? And, and de- you know, it's crazy. People go, man, pastor's so tough. Or they've told me before, I've just said some things right now. You say, man, Pastor Matt's tough. No, you should have grown up with my dad. Really? Dad would be preaching. I would be in my teens, late teens, 18, 19. He'd say, hey, Matthew, you guys shut up over there. Really? People say, I can't handle it. Well, okay. But I can handle a lot now because someone got in my business and cared. They cared what I was doing. You say, man, I wouldn't have done it that way. Well, okay. Everybody does it in their way. Praise God. You get help from God. Let God be your guidance. But it's interesting how this ties into what Jesus did for us in preparing the way for us. Once again, someone say preparing the way. Yeah. Jesus prepared the way for us. Now you can do the same for your children. I feel like this will be multi-purpose today as the word goes out. The word cuts going that way. It cuts going this way. It deals with you. It deals with me. I don't get up here lightly having unconfessed sin and just walking around doing what I want and preach the word. And I don't preach things that I don't live. Why? Because this is very important in Jesus preparing the way for us is us taking his word seriously. So the first thing today, say, how did Jesus prepare the way? Someone say, how? Yeah, big question mark. How did he prepare the way? I'm glad you asked. Look at this. Look at point number one, teaching. Jesus taught. Did you notice in Matthew 4, 23, let's start off with New King James Version, then we'll do it in New Living, just kind of give a full picture of it. Matthew 4, 23, look at this. And Jesus went about all Galilee. What's the first thing he did? Wow. It looks very interesting that the Lord would have that put first in Scripture. The writer of this put teaching first. He said, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So the first thing was teaching. So we see that Jesus put special importance on teaching. Parents, you got to do the same. Kids don't learn by accident. They don't. And remember, if you don't teach them, they'll learn somewhere else. Some parents are embarrassed, embarrassed to teach their kids sex ed. Well, guess, guess what? We're, their weird uncle or their neighbor, somebody's going to teach them sex ed, and it's going to be crooked. You better get over your embarrassment, dads. Let me, man, I don't, man, I feel it today. Y'all just, you know what? If you get mad at me, you just repent. I'm messing with you, kind of, kind of. But dads, you, got, you need to get involved with your kids' sex education. You need to talk to them. If not, 15-year-old Jim, hurricane hormone, will try to teach them sex education. Really, and it ain't good. I went to public school. No, really, it ain't good. So uh, they're going to teach it at school. I don't know if they still do that now, but 
Don't leave anything to chance, parents. And moms, you say, man, I'm a single mom. Well, then you're going to have to do that. Or get someone else involved, too, to help you. But you need to be active. Single moms, single dads, uh, moms and dads, aunts or uncles, grandparents, whoever's raising the kids, you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it. You've got to teach kids. I remember growing up, man, there were, there were teaching moments. And my dad was never one of those that, okay, now we're going to have a teaching moment. Sometimes it was, man, give me that. I haven't taught you how to do this. Come here. Come here. Watch. No, this is how you do it. Come on. Say, if you forget how to do it, I'm going to show you again. Teaching, man. Teaching lays the foundation. Someone say foundation. Uh-huh. It gives understanding, knowledge, and look, this is key right here. It gives understanding, knowledge, and the way to apply it. Years ago, I had a friend. I was reading the Word, and he told me almost as if he read it once, so he knew it all. He, he said, where are you reading? I said, uh, I was in the gospel somewhere. He said, oh, yeah, I've read that before. I was like, are you going to read it again, or do we have it memorized? People have told me before, they say, well, I've read the whole Bible. One guy, he told a friend of ours years ago, he said, I've read the whole Bible. He goes, let me quote you something from the book of Revelation. He started looking through his Bible, he couldn't find Revelation. <laughs> Excuse me. Like, man, if you read the Bible once, you really would probably remember that Revelation was at the end. It's just a hint. Let's do that same verse, Matthew 4.23. Let's do it in New King James Version again, and we'll do it in New Living Translation. So Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching. Someone say teaching. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Someone say preaching. Someone say healing. All right, healing all kinds of sickness, different kinds of disease among the people. Teaching first. Preaching is proclaiming. But how many of you know that there's nothing like teaching? Wednesday nights, I do a lot of teaching. Sometimes I get lit and we get into preaching mode. But Wednesday nights, there's a lot of verse-by-verse -verse teaching. I teach on Sunday mornings as well. I believe we're doing that right now. We're going over and over again. We're looking at it. Let's go to the beginning of that verse again. And it says, he went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues. Let's go to the New Living Translation now, Matthew 4, 23. Look at this. How does it start in the New Living Translation? Well, he traveled throughout the region of Galilee teaching. Teaching. Did you know there's some things you cannot teach yourself? Some things you can. I, f I firmly believe that. Some things you can figure out. But usually, even the ones who are self-taught, they watch someone else do it, didn't they? Say, I taught myself. Really? You just made it up? You no one had ever done it before. You just did it. Said, I knew to put salt in the stew. Well, you probably saw your mom or grandma or dad do that or your big brother, big sister. There was some teaching going on in there, even if they didn't sit you down, all right? So teaching. Once again, someone say teaching. Someone say everyone needs teaching. <laughs> if you know it all, you're headed for trouble. You ever met someone who knows it all? Cannot be taught. Proverbs gets, in, gets into this. Pastor Jen's doing a class. Man, they're going to go through Proverbs, a leadership class. And real hard and real quickly and real fast, early, early in Proverbs, it says, listen, listen, be attentive to my words. Listen, listen, listen. Why? Because at some point, people come to a point and they go, man, I should have listened to my teachers. Scripture says that. Man, I'm ruined here. I should have listened. Had people over the years, someone, there was a, I've used this example before. There was a young lady who used to go to church here. And uh, <clears throat> she was warned, don't get hooked up with that dude. Don't, don't do it. 
Later, after everything was a disaster, she told her friends, you should have tied me up, put me in the basement. God's not going to make you do anything. People can't make you do anything. In the moment, you're like, but we're in love. You're in love, but he has goat hooves and horns. <laughs> or she. Yeah, that's gross. <clears throat> Word to the wise on teaching. If their parent warns you about their child, run. I've met some guys and girls that their parents said, you don't know them. You don't know them. Bye, Jack. God bless you. Go with God. May God deal with you. It's not my job to work on you. In Jesus' name, I'm out of here. That's part of teaching. When someone sit, sits down. Did you know when someone gives you a warning, that's teaching? They say, is it just correction or rebuke? No, when someone gives you a warning, it's a, it's a teachable moment. It's a moment in time where they say, hey, this is crazy. Slow down. Don't do this. Years ago, a uh, former church member, very, very sweet lady. She goes, my grandson's in jail. Um, at about this time, God was opening the door for me to go visit Juvie in Lovington. It was at the old building. They said it was haunted and it stunk, right? Smelled like water and just weird. It made weird noises. It was a weird place. Well, I remember. I went in there. I still remember the kid's name. I still remember the look on his face. At 14, he was in Juvie and how he looked at me like he was God's gift to humanity and he knew everything. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget how disrespectful he was. He was so, now this is one of those things. He was so disrespectful and proud that it scared me for him. He looked at me. He looked kind of like, are you done? You know, his grandma had sent me in. He looked at me. Oh, man, he knew everything. He was 14. He was like this. He was so hard. I thought, bro, this ain't Crenshaw. Right? Sis, you hear me, wherever you are? This ain't South Central. This ain't East L.A. Like, this is Hobbs, but God will deal with you. People will deal with you with that attitude. And, man, he wouldn't hear me. He wouldn't hardly pray with me. I will never forget. Just a few years later, someone shot and killed him because he knew everything. He was messing with somebody's girlfriend or something. Same old story. He was bad, though. He was bad. He wouldn't listen to anybody. And he was full of the devil because of his pride. And people tried to teach him. And, hey, I didn't know his father issues. I didn't know his situation. Maybe dad wasn't there. And if you're listening to the sound of my voice this morning, I'm sorry if mom or dad weren't there. I'm sorry. But at some point, it becomes up to you to make good choices. You can't blame them forever. You get to 17, 18, still blaming mom and dad. And just about everybody in this room was abused somehow. I was sexually abused. It was briefly by a neighbor. But some of you, it was way worse than that. And I made some, I made some stupid choices, but at some point I said, no, God, I can't live like this. I'm not, this is going to wipe me out unless I humble myself and, and allow myself to be taught. You know, a great place where you can be taught the word is Sundays here, Wednesdays here, and in Bible studies. We call them connect groups. He said, man, no one will, no, mm -mm. No, you've got to decide, I want to learn at some point, and it starts with teaching. Someone say teaching. So Jesus did it, and parents should do it. And I believe a lot of you parents are great teachers. I believe you folks in here, man, I bet it's everybody in here. You're, raging, you're, you're raising great kids because you're teaching them now. You say, man, it was late in the game, Pastor, but I'm, I'm all in now. I'm teaching them to the best of my ability. Well, praise God. I know God's going to honor it. Did you know right after teaching, 
there's something else. You're going to notice these three points today are all parts of each other. Someone say all parts of each other. Uh-huh, they all tie in. Did you know a great part of teaching is example? Go to example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. They'll say, well, I'm going to, I've heard parents, I've heard parents do this. Hey, do what I say, don't do what I do. Well, that don't work, brother. Dad, mom, that don't work. Hey, smoking drugs in front of the kid going, hey, no, don't do drugs. This is terrible for you. Smoking cigarettes saying, this is awful, man. Throwing back whiskey and everything else going, this is really bad for you. Don't be like me. I see what you mean, man, but that's not how it works. Now, there's different types and different ways of being or giving an example. My parents, I, I remember this so well. I'm not just saying it because dad's here. I'd say it if, it if he wasn't here. I'd say it if he was on, on the other side of the world. I would say it if I was on the other side of the world. Mom and dad, they taught us and they lived it. And they corrected us when we were wrong. But they always showed us by example. Let's go to Ephesians 5.1. Ephesians 5.1. Some of you are like, man, I don't know why I showed up today for this baby dedication. I didn't know Pastor Matt was going to be talking like this. We're dedicating kids, man. It's serious to God. Look at this. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. You know what I love about Jesus? So many things, but one great thing was he set a perfect example and a standard in every area of life. Jesus showed us how to treat women. He showed us how to treat men. You ever thought of that? He showed us how to treat kids. Jesus showed us how to treat God. He showed us how to honor and respect the word. He showed us how to honor and respect him. He also showed us how to honor and respect the Holy Spirit. He said, you talk bad about the Holy Spirit. You're in danger of committing the unforgivable sin. Don't talk bad about the Holy Spirit. Jesus led by example, and he was the perfect example for life. Think of it. Just think of it as I go through some of these. How about prayer? Yeah, he prayed. Man, he was God in the flesh. He didn't need that. Oh, no, he did. Prayer. How about alone time? Ministry. Obedience to the word. Truth. Knowledge and love of the word. Faith. Boldness. Boundaries. What a great example. You say, well, God doesn't really talk about boundaries. You need to get into that Bible because Scripture starts with boundaries. God's, he separated the light from the darkness. He separated the water from the the dry ground immediately first few verses of genesis he's creating boundaries jesus walked into the temple you remember that and cast the money changers out why he was creating boundaries he was being an example of boundaries saying you're not going to do this in my house wait a minute this is another teachable moment too for all of us right if you were against alcohol and drugs and crazy prodigal living then don't allow it in your house Say, my kid may leave. Well, let them go. Let God deal with them. As long as you keep giving people passes, God can't deal with them. You need to forgive. You need to give grace and mercy. But if it's blatantly against your house rules, you need to tell them you can't do that here. Here we are on the south side. It's a very urban church, our location and everything. But we have people walk by. And, yeah, I've gone out outside, and there's bigger, tougher-looking guys than me. And I tell them, hey, you're welcome to hang out, use our benches, put your stuff in the trash. You can eat lunch here, but you can't smoke on the property. I bet some of them look at me like, man, this little dude. But it's amazing when you stand up with boldness and have boundaries, how many people will actually honor them respectfully. Like, oh, my bad. Oh, man, let me put this out, man. I'm all, yeah, don't start a fire in the trash either. Because I've done that, not with a cigarette, long story. 
this year. It happened this year. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you. You want to know. <laughs> so one of the loves of our life, he was like a son to us. He passed away in, our, in, in January. His name was Gentry. He was a golden retriever, 95 pounds, and big for a golden retriever. Just beautiful. Hair everywhere, just a mess and fun and smart. Just great. He'd say goodnight to Jen. He'd say good morning to her. He was just amazing. We lost him. It broke our hearts. And I was so out of sorts the next morning after we lost our dog. We lost him on a Wednesday. So the next morning I got up early and I was like, I'm going to clean out the fireplace. So I get in there. You're already cringing me, huh? It's like, oh, this is going to be good. So, man, I'm cleaning out the fireplace. Well, the day before we had had a fire in there. To my eyes, I saw white ash. So I start doing stuff. I'm vacuuming. I'm putting stuff. And I'm like, does this feel warm still? And I talk to myself. It's called self-talk. I'm all, ow, is that hot? You know, I'm talking. As long as you don't argue with yourself. <laughs> so I said, man, is this hot? What's going on? Well, I smelled something burning, you know, like plastic. Because I was putting the ashes in the plastic trash can with the plastic bag in it. I looked. And somehow there was a, must have been an ember in there. Well, no, not must have, there was. And it burned a hole in the side of the trash can and fell out. And I went, oh, oh my gosh, I'm trying to get it, it's hot. I burnt myself and I finally got it up. Burnt a hole in the side of the plastic trash can. So I go outside, and so you've heard of the movie Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> well, I did something dumb and I went ahead and did something dumber, why not? Wasn't thinking, I said, I gotta get this stuff out of here. So I closed it up in the bag Real good. Threw it in the trash can. <laughs> There's no houses real close to our trash can, so it's fine. Está fine, someone said. Está fine, mijo. No, no está fine. So I'm in and out. Jen finally wakes up. What are you doing, baby? I said, oh, man, you know, I was just trying to clean out the... She goes, man, that, that vacuum's loud. We're talking. I go outside, and there's a raging fire in the trash can. You know that first moment, even if you think you're quick or clever, that first moment where it doesn't make sense to your eyes? You ever have that? Like, who said a, who said a, oh my gosh, it was me. These vandals, these brigands, who are these people setting fires in trash cans? Well, no one else's is on fire except for mine. Not a good example. My dad and mom didn't give me that, neither did my wife. She has more experience in fireplace, well, fireplaces than me, probably. But anyway, that we just took a little break and a side note there. So with that, what I did, you don't want me as your example for cleaning out the fireplace, right? And I'll tell you right now. No, this is one of those, too, and I guess we better make an exception. Do what someone else says, but not what I did, because that was bad. The beauty of Jesus, one of the most amazing things about Jesus to me always has been the example he set. Perfect example. Prayer, time alone, how to treat people, how to forgive. You say, man, what, when did he teach us to forgive? He just, well, oh, he just taught about it. No, he taught about it. Remember point one, teaching? And then he's being crucified. He's losing blood. He's dehydrated. He's dizzy. He feels sick. Man, his ribs could even be exposed, like in that movie, The Passion. He's bleeding everywhere. People don't recognize him unless they knew who, who was the one committed, uh, uh, sent to death unjustly and unrighteously. 
He was unrecognizable, swollen face. The soldiers had punched him and pulled his beard, put a crown of thorns on him, and he was innocent. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What an example. I've looked back on that over the years and said, my goodness, I'm mad at them because they took our parking spot, right? Or I'm mad because... I'm mad because they had an attitude, or I didn't even know them, man, and they were like being a jerk, wouldn't look at me, or they were disrespectful. Jesus is being tortured to death for my sin and your sin, and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Example. And you know what I love about Jesus? He cared for the total human being. Spirit, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Get saved, right? The kingdom of God's coming. Accept me. That's your spirit. Your spirit is saved when you come to know Jesus, not your soul. But see, he dealt with the soul, too. He dealt with mind, will, and emotions, decision-making abilities. He did that, and he also dealt with the body. He cared about every part of us. Scripture says, Beloved, I believe it's Third John, right? I wish above all that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Jesus cared about everything. So we have teaching, we have his example, and these are all tied in because in teaching you give examples, and when you are an example, you're teaching someone. Third point today, repetition. Someone say repetition. I remember years ago a guy came to church here, and Dad was teaching on the fear of the Lord, and he must have been teaching on it for two months maybe. And a guy started at church, and of course it was when we had our military academy, and man, you got to be called to do that because you will bring the ugly out of people when you start really getting disciplined with them. Ask anyone here who worked there. Woo, they're ready to fight you and everything else. But at some point, some dad got mad over something. We corrected his kid on something. I remember part of the situation. I remember all of it. But they got mad. Boy, they lost it. And it wasn't a big deal, but it got bigger and bigger. And I remember one of the parting shots that the dad made when he was leaving was, and you know what? And, and acting like a devil. Said, man, and, and we ain't going to go to church anymore either, man, because the pastor's been preaching about the same thing for weeks, but he, he didn't get it. It was the fear of the Lord. <laughs> Go figure. He still didn't figure out the fear of the Lord, the way they acted disrespect, awful disrespect. But sometimes you need repetition. How many of you know that? There's been some things in here. Some of you say, well, you're just repeating stories like an old guy. Well, I'm pushing middle aged, and I like to repeat some stories. Some, sometimes I'll tell my wife, and she's just looking at me like this. I'm, well, I've told you before, huh? She's all, I'm like, all right, you better not repeat any. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be going like this. And we do. We kind of do do that to each other. I'm all. But some stories I like hearing over, over and over again. And many times in here deliberately, I repeat because it's a good way for you to get examples and to have an example. And also, it teaches you. And you start to remember it. Psychologists say that many of us don't remember something unless we've heard it 16 times. So, man, Jesus taught, he preached, he healed over and over. And that's just part of teaching an example. You know who's brilliant with repetition? The U.S. military. How many of you were in or are in the U.S. military? Raise your hand. Got some of you, huh? Thanks for your service. God bless y'all. Yeah, I, re I remember, yeah. Well, what did they, Ms. Debbie, did they repeat anything in boot camp? You were sick of it. 
You're in your sleep taking apart your weapon. You're in your sleep doing stuff. You ever gone to sleep? You, like the bank tellers. I remember back in the day I was a bank teller. We'd count money. I remember I'd be in my sleep going 13, 14, 15, 17. Oh, I lost count. One million minus uh, times. Oh, my gosh, my drawer's out of balance. I'm short. I'm long. I'm over. I'm fired. You know. <laughs> Repetition, though. And that's all we did every day. Count, 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 count. Girl, man, it must be fun counting all that money. I'm all, it's not mine. <laughs> I don't know it'd be fun counting mine because it's dirty. My hands are always dirty. You forget and touch your face, get an infection, you know. <laughs> Repetition over and over and over. But you got to get to the place where you've repeated something and repeated it and repeated it, especially the good things, where it's done so often that you can do the motions in the dark. Good habits, good decisions. Let's go to Isaiah 28.10. God was dealing with his people, and look at what they said. They were saying it sarcastically because they thought, well, God just thinks we're children. They were disobeying him. They were worshiping idols. And, yeah, it's true, though. He said right here, he tells us everything over and over. Praise God. Someone say praise God. One line at a time, one line at a time, a little here and a little there. Yeah. That's how you get good at it. Some of you play basketball, and the shot's off. Yeah. The shot's off, little man said he plays. And the coach will say, snap your wrist. You're just throwing that thing up there like a shot put. Put spin on the ball. Spread your hand. Snap your wrist. Do it over and over again. Say, no, I, now rebound. Grab the ball. Hold on to it. We're going to do rebounding drills. We're going to do shooting drills. We're going to shoot free throws over and over like Larry Bird. Anybody remember Larry Bird? Wasn't the fastest, wasn't the most talented, but boy, he could shoot. And he shot and he shot and he shot the ball. He could pass. He could rebound. People say, ah, oh, he's too slow, but nobody could hardly guard him. Telling someone the other day, he showed up, he showed up one time at a stadium, and he, he, there was some ball boys there working at the local stadium there. I don't know where he's playing. He goes, hey, go find out the scoring record for this building. I'm going to break it tonight. <laughs> I remember he went to, he went to the three-point contest, and he said, and that's not my style. I'm not a gloater. You know, some people say, man, that's trash talk. Well, he backed it up. Okay, it's between him and God. I remember he showed up at the three-point contest in 1986. He said, who's playing for second today? <laughs> he'd shot the ball zillions of times. He knew how it was going to fall. And I remember that day. I didn't know he'd said that till later. Was that 86 or 80? It might have been 88. But I remember he was down, he was down, he was playing, he was he, it was his turn, so it was his to lose. The guy was ahead. The guy did great, and Bird's shots were off on that three-point contest. You ever seen that, where they shoot the one ball after another? He comes around to the end, and he's shooting, and he's shooting, and I thought of practice. I was a kid when this happened. I was probably seventh grade, and I'll never forget. He knew how the ball felt when it was right. Some of you have experience with that. You know, even in your job, you're like, ah, oh, that's wrong. That don't feel right because of practice, because of repetition. I'll never forget, he got down to the money ball. It was a red, white, and blue ball. And he was down by a point, I think. Maybe he was keeping track in his head. Maybe he could see the board. I don't know. But I'll never forget, he shoots the last shot, and the money ball was two points. And I'll never forget, he shot that last ball, and he already started walking away, and he held up his hand. He knew the shot was right. Not everybody can do that, but it was through repetition. I'll never forget that. As soon as he let the ball go, he's like, mm-hmm, that's in. You say, well, that was some attitude. Well, my point this morning is I don't want you to walk around with attitude like that. But you need to be confident, and confidence comes through repetition. 
You parents in here working with your kids, you've told them so many times, haven't you? It's okay. You can go ahead and look at your kids right now. You can go ahead and look. You're going to do it anyway, some of you. Some of you do it anyway. Go ahead, look at your kids. You have my blessing. The Lord's smiling on it, I believe. Just go ahead, look at your kids. Say, yeah, if I've told you once, I've told you eight million times. Dad was always saying that. If we have to do this 10,000 times, Dad used to say, (laughs) just crazy stuff. Kids will just do stuff because they're lazy or whatever else, but you work that out of kids. You work it out of them. Say, come on, no, you do it again. I didn't... But I I'm tired. I'm, I know. You could have taken a nap by now had you done it right. Let's go again. Repetition. Repetition. Repetition and creating routine for good habits is healthy. Can I get an amen in this house? So we have teaching. Jesus did it all and did it so well. We have teaching. We have example. We have repetition. And repetition and repetition. You say, how do, how do I get better at something? Repetition. How do I get stronger, faster, better, more savvy, more experienced? Repetition. The very word experience denotes repetition. Don't you love it when you're going through something and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a big deal. Oh my gosh. And then you meet someone who's experienced and they're like, no, it's fine. I know exactly what it is. A mechanic or a plumber or carpet guy don't you love that oh oh my it's doing something weird i remember years ago it's been years no he probably doesn't even remember he's he's a certified certified appliance man and he does a good job he's gifted with his hands and he, he loves it he's good at it. he can fix anything but he's humble about it but i remember one time i was like bro man do i need a new garbage disposal it's been like four or five years ago maybe not that long and i go man it stopped working he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, did you know there's a reset button on the bottom? <laughs> you laugh, but ev- not everybody that laughed knew there was a reset button. <laughs> I'm on you, man. Like white on rice. <laughs> Unless you eat brown rice. But I'm on you like brown on brown rice. I said, what? So he, he probably gave me some other help, helpful hints. And I get home, first of all, there was a piece of plastic wedged in there. I don't know if a plastic spoon broke or whatever. And it was in there just right. You know where that thing turns, the garbage disposal? So I pulled that out with some pliers, and it still wouldn't work. And I went, ah, yes, alas. No, he has told me there is a reset button. So I unjammed it, went down on the bottom, pushed the reset button, and guess what? <laughs> Saved money. Someone who's experienced has been through the ropes, repetition. Someone say repetition. Let's say it again. One more time. Say teaching, example, repetition. Y'all are fabulous, fabulous listeners. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes today. We will begin to wrap up our service as we do, and then we will go into our child dedications today. If there's anyone in this house at the sound of my voice or anyone on the live stream, this is for you as well. You say, man, Pastor Matt, if you fall into two, one, of the, one of these two categories, you say, I've never accepted Jesus or I need to get my life right. The first category, if you say, man, I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord. I've never walked saved. I've never walked as a believer, as a man or woman of God, as a true believer. 
then you need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. Why? Not just to miss hell, but so you'll have a blessed life and then miss hell and spend God, spend time, all of time with God in eternity. So if you have never accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior or made a public confession of him and you don't know where you'd go if you die, if you were to die, you don't know. You don't have any, any kind of eternal idea. You say, man, I don't know where I'd go. Raise your hand today. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to make sure of that. We're going to make sure you make peace with God through Jesus. Is there anyone in this house who would raise their hand and say, I need to accept the Lord today, make him the Lord of my life? Go ahead. No rush and no pressure. It's between you and God. I can't make you. I can't do it for you. I can't want it more than you. It all comes down to you because one day you will stand before God. All by yourself, not with mom, not with dad, not with a believing husband or wife, not with another faithful believer. You will stand before God by yourself one day and give account. You say, man, what if we stand in a group? Yeah, it's still you will be held accountable for your actions and whether you accepted or rejected the sacrifice of Jesus. So is there anyone in this house who says, I need to pray that prayer, Pastor Matt? Would you raise your hand? Please raise your hand. Anyone at all. All right. That's good news. Everyone in here has accepted the Lord. You've prayed the prayer. But I want you to pray with me anyway, just in case there's someone on the live stream or someone who listens to this media later, to the audio or video or whatever. Would you repeat this prayer with me, family of God? Say, Heavenly Father, say, I'm sorry for my sin. Say, apart from you, Lord, I'm a sinner. But with you and through you, I can be a child of God. Say, accept me into your family by Jesus and the blood that he shed. Say, cleanse me of my sin and help me to walk forward. Say, I believe Jesus is Lord and Savior, the only way to get to heaven. Say, I need you, God. Say, I know he died and rose again for me, and I believe. Thank you for your forgiveness, in Jesus' name. Now, every eye looking, you can go ahead and stand your feet. I'm going to pray a blessing over you today before we continue with our service. It's very important to me, I believe it's important to God, that we let God's Word, according, according to His Word, not I believe, I, I believe and know it's important to God, that you soak up the Word and not only be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Someone say doers. Go ahead and raise your hands. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for you. Father, that we would only be doers of the word. Really. Not just hearers. Really, when it comes down to it, doers, 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 doers of the word. Help us, Father God, to walk in your love. Because if we have faith, we'll obey you. If we love you, we're going to obey you. And if we obey you, well... It proves our faith. If we obey you, it proves who we are in you. If we obey you, it shows that we really believe your words. And we're really part of your family. And we thank you for that. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Love God, love others. It's real simple. Help us to walk in your truth. I thank you for this time together. Thank you for this word. Thank you for your people who received the word. And I thank you for the folks in this house who made it great today because they received in faith. I'm just a messenger, but Lord God, it's all about reception. I can throw the ball all day, but man, if people will catch it and run with it, wow, that's where it's at. Thank you for the humble hearts of everyone in this house. 
as they have received your word and they plan to apply it. They've made mental notes and they've made a commitment. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, someone said, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering today. All right. Go ahead and be seated if you would. Be seated in God's presence. If anyone needs an envelope, thank you, John, for tither offering. Go ahead and raise your hand. We will see to you. Say, man, I need an envelope for tither offering. You're going to give a cash check, money order, proof of Bitcoin. I'm kidding. Just making sure that you're listening. Anybody need an envelope? Raise your hand. All right. And there it is. Good, good, good. Anybody else need an envelope? And then we're going to pray. You can also text to give. It's right there on your screen. Just follow those instructions for those of you at home, those of you in the house. I'll read it to you for those of you on audio. I don't do this often. You text KGCV and amount to 45777. All right? So if you're going to give $5, you're going to give 100 or 1,000, put the amount, space, KGCV, text it to that number, 45777. You can also give at kingsgatehobs.com. That's how you give online. All right, so let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for your people, their receptive hearts, their humility. I thank you that they're right with you and they are shining examples of your glory, your love, your presence, your power, your peace, and your promises. I thank you for your people today, both those listening and watching online and those in the house. We give you glory and honor you. And I thank you that your word will never return void. So as we give, we will also receive. We do it because we need the blessing. We're not beyond your blessing. Lord, we're not going to think we're too spiritual for the blessing. No, we need the blessing. We need the blessing. That's why we give, to obey you and to call forth the blessing. We praise you, Father, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Go ahead and bring up your tithe and offering. If you're bringing it physically today, go right ahead.